the autobiography of goethe volume one by johann von goethe translated by john oxenford section seventeen this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by expatriate from bangor maine the autobiography of goethe volume one by johann von goethe translated by john oxenford section seventeen for some time i had observed that gretchen was no longer spinning but instead was employed in sewing and that too on very fine work which surprised me the more as the days were already shortening and winter was coming on i thought no further about it only it troubled me that several times i had not found her at home in the morning as formerly and could not learn without importunity whither she had gone yet i was destined one day to be surprised in a very odd manner my sister who was getting herself ready for a ball asked me to fetch her some so-called italian flowers at a fashionable milliner's they were made in convents and were small and pretty myrtles especially dwarf roses and the like came out quite beautifully and naturally i did her the favour and went to the shop where i had been with her often already hardly had i entered and greeted the proprietress than i saw sitting in the window a lady who in a lace cap looked very young and pretty and in a silk mantilla seemed very well shaped i could easily recognise that she was an assistant for she was occupied in fastening a ribbon and feathers upon a hat the milliner showed me the long box with single flowers of various sorts i looked them over and as i made my choice glanced again towards the lady in the window but how great was my astonishment when i perceived an incredible similarity to gretchen nay was forced to be convinced at last that it was gretchen herself nor could i doubt any longer when she winked with her eyes and gave me a sign that i must not betray our acquaintance i now with my choosing and rejecting drove the milliner into despair more than even a lady could have done i had in fact no choice for i was excessively confused and at the same time liked to linger because it kept me near the girl whose disguise annoyed me though in that disguise she appeared to me more enchanting than ever finally the milliner seemed to lose all patience and with her own hands selected for me a whole bandbox full of flowers which i was to place before my sister and let her choose for herself thus i was as it were driven out of the shop she sending the box in advance by one of her girls scarcely had i reached home than my father caused me to be called and communicated to me that it was now quite certain that archduke joseph would be elected and crowned king of rome an event so highly important was not to be expected without preparation nor allowed to pass with mere gaping and staring he wished therefore he said to go through with me the election and coronation diaries of the last two coronations as well as through the last capitulations of election in order to remark what new conditions might be added in the present instance the diaries were opened and we occupied ourselves with them the whole day till far into the night while the pretty girl sometimes in her old house-dress sometimes in her new costume ever hovered before me backwards and forwards among the most august objects of the holy roman empire this evening it was impossible to see her and i lay awake through a very restless night the study of yesterday was the next day zealously resumed 
and it was not till towards evening that i found it possible to visit my fair one whom i met again in her usual house-dress she smiled when she saw me but i did not venture to mention anything before the others when the whole company sat quietly together again she began and said it is unfair that you do not confide to our friend what we have lately resolved upon she then continued to relate that after our last conversation in which the discussion was how any one could get on in the world something was also said of the way in which a woman could enhance the value of her talent and labour and advantageously employ her time the cousin had consequently proposed that she should make an experiment at a milliner's who was just then in want of an assistant they had she said arranged with the woman she went there so many hours a day and was well paid but she would there be obliged for propriety's sake to conform to a certain dress which however she left behind her every time as it did not at all suit her other modes of life and employment i was indeed set at rest by this declaration but it did not quite please me to know that the pretty girl was in a public shop and at a place where the fashionable world found a convenient resort but i betrayed nothing and strove to work off my jealous care in silence for this the younger cousin did not allow me a long time as he once more came forward with a proposal for an occasional poem told me all the personalities and at once desired me to prepare myself for the invention and disposition of the work he had spoken with me several times already concerning the proper treatment of such a theme and as i was voluble in these cases he readily asked me to explain to him circumstantially what is rhetorical in these things to give him a notion of the matter and to make use of my own and others labours in this kind for examples the young man had some brains but not a trace of a poetical vein and now he went so much into particulars and wished to have such an account of everything that i gave utterance to the remark it seems as if you wanted to encroach upon my trade and take away my customers i will not deny it said he smiling as i shall do you no harm by it this will only continue to the time when you go to the university and till then you must allow me still to profit something by your society most cordially i replied and i encouraged him to draw out a plan to choose a metre according to the character of his subject and to do whatever else might seem necessary he went to work in earnest but did not succeed i was in the end compelled to rewrite so much of it that i could more easily and better have written it all from the beginning myself yet this teaching and learning this mutual labour afforded us good entertainment gretchen took part in it and had many a pretty notion so that we were all pleased we may indeed say happy during the day she worked at the milliner's in the evenings we generally met together and our contentment was not even disturbed when at last the commissions for occasional poems began to leave off still we felt hurt once when one of them came back under protest because it did not suit the party who ordered it we consoled ourselves however as we considered it our very best work and could therefore declare the other a bad judge the cousin who was determined to learn something at any rate resorted to the expedient of inventing problems in the solution of which we always found amusement enough but as they brought in nothing our little banquets had to be much more frugally managed that great political object the election and coronation of a king of rome was pursued with more and more earnestness the assembling of the electoral college originally appointed to take place at augsburg in the october of seventeen sixty three 
was now transferred to frankfort and both at the end of this year and in the beginning of the next preparations went forward which should usher in this important business the beginning was made by a parade never yet seen by us one of our chancery officials on horseback escorted by four trumpeters likewise mounted and surrounded by a guard of infantry read in a loud clear voice at all the corners of the city a prolix edict which announced the forthcoming proceedings and exhorted the citizens to a becoming deportment suitable to the circumstances the council was occupied with weighty considerations and it was not long before the imperial quartermaster dispatched by the hereditary grand marshal made his appearance in order to arrange and designate the residences of the ambassadors and their suites according to the old custom our house lay in the palatine district and we had to provide for a new but agreeable billeting the middle story which count thorain had formerly occupied was given up to a cavalier of the palatinate and as baron von Königstal, the nuremberg charge d'affaires occupied the upper floor we were still more crowded than in the time of the french this served me as a new pretext for being out of doors and to pass the greater part of the day in the streets that i might see all that was open to public view after the preliminary alteration and arrangement of the rooms in the town-house had seemed to us worth seeing after the arrival of the ambassadors one after another and their first solemn ascent in a body on the sixth of february had taken place we admired the coming in of the imperial commissioners and their ascent also to the rumeur which was made with great pomp the dignified person of the prince of liechtenstein made a good impression the connoisseurs maintained that the showy liveries had already been used on another occasion and that this election and coronation would hardly equal in brilliancy that of charles the seventh we younger folks were content with what was before our eyes all seemed to us very fine and much of it perfectly astonishing the electoral congress was fixed at last for the third of march new formalities again set the city in motion and the alternate visits of ceremony on the part of the ambassadors kept us always on our legs we were moreover compelled to watch closely as we were not only to gape about but to note everything well in order to give a proper report at home and even to make out many little memoirs on which my father and herr von Königstal had deliberated partly for our exercise and partly for their own information and certainly this was a peculiar advantage to me as i was enabled very tolerably to keep a living election and coronation diary as far as regards externals the person who first of all made a durable impression upon me was the chief ambassador from the electorate of mentz baron von ertal afterwards elector without having anything striking in his figure he was always highly pleasing to me in his black gown trimmed with lace the second ambassador baron von groschlag was a well-formed man of the world easy in his exterior but conducting himself with great decorum he everywhere produced a very agreeable impression prince esterhazy the bohemian envoy was not tall though well-formed lively and at the same time eminently decorous without pride or coldness i had a special liking for him because he reminded me of marshal de broglio yet the form and dignity of these excellent persons vanished in a certain degree before the prejudice that was entertained in favour of baron von ploto the brandenburg ambassador this man who was distinguished by a certain parsimony 
both in his own clothes and in his liveries and equipages had been greatly renowned from the time of the seven years war as a diplomatic hero at ratisbonne when the notary april thought in the presence of witnesses to serve him with a declaration of outlawry which had been issued against his king he had with the laconic exclamation what you serve thrown him or caused him to be thrown downstairs we believed the first because it pleased us best and we could readily believe it of the little compact man with his black fiery eyes glancing here and there all eyes were directed towards him particularly when he alighted there arose every time a sort of joyous whispering and but little was wanting to a regular explosion or a shout of vivat bravo so high did the king and all who were devoted to him body and soul stand in favour with the crowd among whom besides the frankforters were germans from all parts on the one hand these things gave me much pleasure as all that took place no matter of what nature it might be concealed a certain meaning indicated some internal relation and such symbolic ceremonies again for a moment represented as living the old empire of germany almost choked to death by so many parchments papers and books but on the other hand i could not suppress a secret displeasure when at home i had on behalf of my father to transcribe the internal transactions and at the same time to remark that here several powers which balanced each other stood in opposition and only so far agreed as they designed to limit the new ruler even more than the old one that every one valued his influence only so far as he hoped to retain or enlarge his privileges and better to secure his independence nay on this occasion they were more attentive than usual because they began to fear joseph the second his vehemence and probable plans with my grandfather and other members of the council whose families i used to visit this was no pleasant time they had so much to do with meeting distinguished guests complimenting and the delivery of presents no less had the magistrate both in general and in particular to defend himself to resist and to protest as every one on such occasions desires to extort something from him or burden him with something and few of those to whom he appeals support him or lend him their aid in short all that i had read in lersner's chronicle of similar incidents on similar occasions with admiration of the patience and perseverance of those good old councilmen came once more vividly before my eyes many vexations arise also from this that the city is gradually overrun with people both useful and needless in vain are the courts reminded on the part of the city of prescriptions of the golden bull now indeed obsolete not only the deputies with their attendants but many persons of rank and others who come from curiosity or for private objects stand under protection and the question as to who is to be billeted out and who is to hire his own lodging is not always decided at once the tumult constantly increases and even those who have nothing to give or to answer for begin to feel uncomfortable even we young people who could quietly contemplate it all ever found something which did not quite satisfy our eyes or our imagination the spanish mantles the huge plumed hats of the ambassadors and other objects here and there had indeed a truly antique look but there was a great deal on the other hand so half new or entirely modern that the affair assumed throughout a motley unsatisfactory often tasteless appearance 
we were therefore very happy to learn that great preparations were made on account of the journey to francfort of the emperor and future king that the proceedings of the college of electors which were based on the last electoral capitulation were now going forward rapidly and that the day of election had been appointed for the twenty seventh of march now there was the thought of fetching the insignia of the empire from nuremberg and aix la chachon while gretchen by her unbroken attention had highly encouraged me at last she thanked me and envied as she said all who were informed of the affairs of this world and knew how this and that came about and what it signified she wished she were a boy and managed to acknowledge with much kindness that she was indebted to me for a great deal of instruction if i were a boy said she we would learn something good together at the university the conversation continued in this strain she definitively resolved to take instruction in french of the absolute necessity of which she had become well aware in the milliner's shop i asked her why she no longer went there for during the latter times not being able to go out much in the evening i had often passed the shop during the day for her sake merely to see her for a moment she explained that she had not liked to expose herself there in these unsettled times as soon as the city returned to its former condition she intended to go there again then the impending day of election was the topic of conversation i contrived to tell at length what was going to happen and how and to support my demonstrations in detail by drawings on the tablet for i had the place of conclave with its altars thrones seats and chairs perfectly before my mind we separated at the proper time and in a particularly comfortable frame of mind for with a young couple who are in any degree harmoniously formed by nature nothing can conduce to a more beautiful union than when the maiden is anxious to learn and the youth inclined to teach there arises from it a well-grounded and agreeable relation she sees in him the creator of her spiritual existence and he sees in her a creature that ascribes her perfection not to nature not to chance nor to any one-sided inclination but to a mutual will and this reciprocation is so sweet that we cannot wonder if from the days of the old and the new abelard the most violent passions and as much happiness as unhappiness have arisen from such an intercourse of two beings with the next day began great commotion in the city on account of the visits paid and returned which now took place with the greatest ceremony but what particularly interested me as a citizen of francfort and gave rise to a great many reflections was the taking of the oath of security by the council the military and the body of citizens not through representatives but personally and in mass first in the great hall of the rumor by the magistracy and staff officers then in the great square or plots the rumerberg by all the citizens according to their respective ranks gradations and quarterings and lastly by the rest of the military here one could survey at a single glance the entire commonwealth assembled for the honourable purpose of swearing security to the head and members of the empire and unbroken peace during the great work now impending the electors of treves and of cologne had now also arrived on the evening before the day of election all strangers are sent out of the city the gates are closed the jews are confined to their quarter and the citizen of francfort prides himself not a little that he alone may witness so great a solemnity all that had hitherto taken place was tolerably modern 
the highest and high personages moved about only in coaches but now we were going to see them in the primitive manner on horseback the concourse and rush were extraordinary i managed to squeeze myself into the rumour which i knew as familiarly as a mouse does the private corn-loft till i reached the main entrance before which the electors and ambassadors who had first arrived in their state coaches and had assembled above were now to mount their horses the stately well-trained steeds were covered with richly laced housings and ornamented in every way the elector emeric joseph a handsome portly man looked well on horseback of the other two i remember less excepting that the red prince's mantles trimmed with ermine which we had been accustomed to see only in pictures before seemed to us very romantic in the open air the ambassadors of the absent temporal electors with their spanish dresses of gold brocade embroidered over with gold and trimmed with gold lace likewise did our eyes good and the large feathers particularly that waved most splendidly from the hats which were cocked in the antique style but what did not please me were the short modern breeches the white silk stockings and the fashionable shoes we should have liked half boots gilded as much as they pleased sandals or something of the kind that we might have seen a more consistent costume in deportment the ambassador von ploto again distinguished himself from all the rest he appeared lively and cheerful and seemed to have no great respect for the whole ceremony for when his front man an elderly gentleman could not leap immediately on his horse and he was therefore forced to wait some time in the grand entrance he did not refrain from laughing till his own horse was brought forward upon which he swung himself very dexterously and was again admired by us as a most worthy representative of frederick the second now the curtain was for us once more let down i had indeed tried to force my way into the church but that place was more inconvenient than agreeable the voters had withdrawn into the sanctum where prolix ceremonies usurped the place of a deliberate consideration as to the election after long delay pressure and bustle the people at last heard the name of joseph the second who was proclaimed king of rome the thronging of strangers into the city became greater and greater everybody went about in his holiday clothes so that at last none but dresses entirely of gold were found worthy of note the emperor and king had already arrived at heusenstamm a castle of the counts of schonborn and were there in the customary manner greeted and welcomed but the city celebrated this important epoch by spiritual festivals of all the religions by high masses and sermons and on the temporal side by incessant firing of cannon as an accompaniment to the tadeums if all these public solemnities from the beginning up to this point had been regarded as a deliberate work of art not much to find fault with would have been found all was well prepared the public scenes opened gradually and went on increasing in importance the men grew in number the personages in dignity their appurtenances as well as themselves in splendour and thus it advanced with every day till at last even a well-prepared and firm eye became bewildered the entrance of the elector of mentz which we have refused to describe more completely was magnificent and imposing enough to suggest to the imagination of an eminent man the advent of a great prophesied world ruler even we were not a little dazzled by it but now our expectation was stretched to the utmost as it was said that the emperor and the future king were approaching the city at a little distance from sachsenhausen 
a tent had been erected in which the entire magistracy remained to show the appropriate honor and to proffer the keys of the city to the chief of the empire farther out on a fair spacious plain stood another a state pavilion whither the whole body of electoral princes and ambassadors repaired while their retinues extended along the whole way that gradually as their turns came they might again move towards the city and enter properly into the procession by this time the emperor reached the tent entered it and the princes and ambassadors after a most respectful reception withdrew to facilitate the passage of the chief ruler we who remained in the city to admire this pomp within the walls and streets still more than could have been done in the open fields were very well entertained for a while by the barricades set up by the citizens in the lanes by the throng of people and by the various jests and improprieties which arose till the ringing of bells and the thunder of cannon announced to us the immediate approach of majesty what must have been particularly grateful to a frankfurter was that on this occasion in the presence of so many sovereigns and their representatives the imperial city of frankfurt also appeared as a little sovereign for her equerry opened the procession chargers with armorial trappings upon which the white eagle on a red field looked very fine followed him then came attendants and officials drummers and trumpeters and deputies of the council accompanied by the clerks of the council in the city livery on foot immediately behind these were the three companies of citizen cavalry very well mounted the same that we had seen from our youth at the reception of the escort and on other public occasions we rejoiced in our participation of the honor and in our one hundred thousandth part of a sovereignty which now appeared in its full brilliancy the different trains of the hereditary imperial marshal and of the envoys deputed by the six temporal electors marched after these step by step none of them consisted of less than twenty attendants and two state carriages some even of a greater number the retinue of the spiritual electors was ever on the increase their servants and domestic officers seemed innumerable the elector of cologne and the elector of treves had above twenty state carriages and the elector of mentz quite as many alone the servants both on horseback and on foot were clothed most splendidly throughout the lords in the equipages spiritual and temporal had not omitted to appear richly and venerably dressed and adorned with all the badges of their orders the train of his imperial majesty now as was fit surpassed all the rest the riding-masters the led horses the equipages the shabracks and the caparisons attracted every eye and the sixteen six-horse gala wagons of the imperial chamberlains privy councillors high chamberlain high stewards and high equerry closed with great pomp this division of the procession which in spite of its magnificence and extent was still only to be the vanguard but now the line became concentrated more and more while the dignity and parade kept on increasing for in the midst of a chosen escort of their own domestic attendants the most of them on foot and a few on horseback appeared the electoral ambassadors as well as the electors in person in ascending order each one in a magnificent state carriage immediately behind the elector of mentz ten imperial footmen one and forty lackeys and eight hyducks announced their majesties the most magnificent state carriage furnished even at the back part with an entire window of plate glass ornamented with paintings lacquer carved work and gilding covered with red embroidered velvet on the top and inside 
allowed us very conveniently to behold the emperor and king the long-desired heads in all their glory the procession was led a long circuitous route partly from necessity that it might be able to unfold itself and partly to render it visible to the great multitude of people it had passed through sachsenhausen over the bridge up the fargasse and then down the Zeile, and turned towards the inner city through the katharinforte formerly a gate and since the enlargement of the city an open thoroughfare here it had been happily considered that for a series of years the external grandeur of the world had gone on expanding both in height and breadth measure had been taken and it was found that the present imperial state carriage could not without striking its carved work and other outward decorations get through this gateway through which so many princes and emperors had gone backwards and forwards they debated the matter and to avoid an inconvenient circuit resolved to take up the pavements and to contrive a gentle descent and ascent with the same view they had also removed all the projecting eaves from the shops and booths in the street that neither crown nor eagle nor the genie should receive any shock or injury eagerly as we directed our eyes to the high personages when this precious vessel with such precious contents approached us we could not avoid turning our looks upon the noble horses their harness and its embroidery but the strange coachmen and outriders both sitting on the horses particularly struck us they looked as if they had come from some other nation or even from another world with their long black and yellow velvet coats and their caps with large plumes of feathers after the imperial court fashion now the crowd became so dense that it was impossible to distinguish much more the swiss guard on both sides of the carriage the hereditary marshal holding the saxon sword upwards in his right hand the field marshals as leaders of the imperial guard riding behind the carriage the imperial pages in a body and finally the imperial horse guard itself in black velvet frocks with all the seams edged with gold under which were red coats and leather-coloured camisoles likewise richly decked with gold one scarcely recovered oneself from sheer seeing pointing and showing so that the scarcely less splendidly clad bodyguards of the electors were barely looked at and we should perhaps have withdrawn from the windows if we had not wished to take a view of our own magistracy who closed the procession in their fifteen two-horse coaches and particularly the clerk of the council with the city keys on red velvet cushions that our company of city grenadiers should cover the rear seemed to us honourable enough and we felt doubly and highly edified as germans and as frankforters by this great day we had taken our place in a house which the procession had to pass again when it returned from the cathedral of religious services of music of rites and solemnities of addresses and answers of propositions and readings aloud there was so much in church choir and conclave before it came to the swearing of the electoral capitulation that we had time enough to partake of an excellent collation and to empty many bottles to the health of our old and young ruler the conversation meanwhile as is usual on such occasions reverted to the time past and there were not wanting aged persons who preferred that to the present at least with respect to a certain human interest and impassioned sympathy which then prevailed at the coronation of francis i all had not been so settled as now peace had not yet been concluded france and the electors of brandenburg and the palatinate were opposed to the election the troops of the future emperor were stationed at heidelberg 
where he had his headquarters and the insignia of the empire coming from x were almost carried off by the inhabitants of the palatinate meanwhile negotiations went on and on neither side was the affair conducted in the strictest manner maria theresa though then pregnant comes in person to see the coronation of her husband which is at last earned into effect she arrived in aschaffenburg and went on board a yacht in order to repair to frankfort francis coming from heidelberg thinks to meet his wife but arrives too late she has already departed unknown he jumps into a little boat hastens after her reaches her ship and the loving pair is delighted at this surprising meeting the story spreads immediately and all the world sympathizes with this tender pair so richly blessed with children who have been so inseparable since their union that once on a journey from vienna to florence they are forced to keep quarantine together on the venetian border maria theresa is welcomed in the city with rejoicings she enters the roman emperor inn while the great tent for the reception of her husband is erected on the bornheim heath there of the spiritual electors only mentz is found and of the ambassadors of the temporal electors only saxony bohemia and hanover the entrance begins and what it may lack of completeness and splendor is richly compensated by the presence of a beautiful lady she stands upon the balcony of the well-situated house and greets her husband with cries of vivat and clapping of hands the people joined excited to the highest enthusiasm as the great are after all men the citizen deems them big equals when he wishes to love them and that he can best do when he can picture them to himself as loving husbands tender parents devoted brothers and true friends at that time all happiness had been wished and prophesied and to-day it was seen fulfilled in the first-born son to whom everybody was well inclined on account of his handsome youthful form and upon whom the world set the greatest hopes on account of the great qualities that he showed we had become quite absorbed in the past and future when some friends who came in recalled us to the present they were of that class of people who know the value of novelty and therefore hastened to announce it first they were even able to tell of a fine humane trait in those exalted personages whom we had seen go by with the greatest pomp it had been concerted that on the way between heusenstamm and the great tent the emperor and king should find the landgrave of darmstadt in the forest this old prince now approaching the grave wished to see once more the master to whom he had been devoted in former times both might remember the day when the landgrave brought over to heidelberg the decree of the electors choosing francis as emperor and replied to the valuable presents he received with protestations of unalterable devotion these eminent persons stood in a grove of firs and the landgrave weak with old age supported himself against a pine to continue the conversation which was not without emotion on both sides the place was afterwards marked in an innocent way and we young people sometimes wandered to it thus several hours had passed in remembrance of the old and consideration of the new when the procession though curtailed and more compact again passed before our eyes and we were enabled to observe and mark the detail more closely and imprinted on our minds for the future from that moment the city was in uninterrupted motion for until each and every one whom it behooved and of whom it was required had paid their respects to the highest dignities and exhibited themselves one by one there was no end to the marching to and fro 
and the court of each one of the high persons present could be very conveniently repeated in detail now too the insignia of the empire arrived but that no ancient usage might be omitted even in this respect they had to remain half a day till late at night in the open field on account of a dispute about territory and escort between the elector of mentz and the city the latter yielded the people of mentz escorted the insignia as far as the barricade and so the affair terminated for this time in these days i did not come to myself at home i had to write and copy everything had to be seen and so ended the month of march the second half of which had been so rich in festivals for us i had promised gretchen a faithful and complete account of what had lately happened and of what was to be expected on the coronation day this great day approached i thought more of how i should tell it to her than of what properly was to be told all that came under my eyes and my pen i merely worked up rapidly for this soul in immediate use at last i reached her residence somewhat late one evening and was not a little proud to think how my discourse on this occasion would be much more successful than the first unprepared one but a momentary incitement often brings us and others through us more joy than the most deliberate purpose can afford i found indeed pretty nearly the same company but there were some unknown persons among them they sat down to play all except gretchen and her younger cousin who remained with me at the slate the dear girl expressed most gracefully her delight that she though a stranger had passed for a citizen on the election day and had taken part in that unique spectacle she thanked me most warmly for having managed to take care of her and for having been so attentive as to procure her through pillides all sorts of admissions by means of billets directions friends and intercessions she liked to hear about the jewels of the empire i promised her that we should if possible see these together she made some jesting remarks when she learned that the garments and crown had been tried on the young king i knew where she would be to see the solemnities of the coronation day and directed her attention to everything that was impending and particularly to what might be minutely inspected from her place of view thus we forgot to think about time it was already past midnight and i found that i unfortunately had not the house key with me i could not enter the house without making the greatest disturbance i communicated my embarrassment to her after all said she it will be best for the company to remain together the cousins and the strangers had already had this in mind because it was not known where they would be lodged for the night the matter was soon decided gretchen went to make some coffee after bringing in and lighting a large brass lamp furnished with oil and wick because the candles threatened to burn out the coffee served to enliven us for several hours but the game gradually slackened conversation failed the mother slept in the great chair the strangers weary from travelling nodded here and there and pylades and his fair one sat in a corner she had laid her head on his shoulder and had gone to sleep and he did not keep long awake the younger cousin sitting opposite to us by the slate had crossed his arms before him and slept with his face resting upon them i sat in the window corner behind the table and gretchen by me we talked in a low voice but at last sleep overcame her also she leaned her head on my shoulder and sank at once into a slumber thus i now sat the only one awake in a most singular position in which the kind brother of death soon put me also to rest i went to sleep and when i awoke it was already bright day gretchen was standing before the mirror arranging her little cap she was more lovely than ever 
and when i departed cordially pressed my hands i crept home by a roundabout way for on the side towards the little stag ditch my father had opened a sort of little peephole in the wall not without the opposition of his neighbour this side we avoided when we wanted not to be observed by him in coming home my mother whose mediation always came in well for us had endeavoured to palliate my absence in the morning at breakfast by the supposition that i had gone out early and i experienced no disagreeable effects from this innocent night taken as a whole this infinitely various world which surrounded me produced upon me but a very simple impression i had no interest but to mark closely the outside of the objects no business but that with which i had been charged by my father and herr von Königstahl, by which indeed i perceived the inner course of things i had no liking but for gretchen and no other view than to see and take in everything properly that i might be able to repeat it with her and explain it to her often when a train was going by i described it half to myself to assure myself of all the particulars and to be praised by my fair one for this attention and accuracy the applause and acknowledgments of the others i regarded as a mere appendix i was indeed presented to many exalted and distinguished persons but partly no one had time to trouble himself about others and partly older people do not know at once how they should converse with a young man and try him i on my side was likewise not particularly skilful in adapting myself to people i generally won their favour but not their approbation whatever occupied me was completely present to me but i did not ask whether it might be also suitable to others i was mostly too lively or too quiet and appeared either importunate or sullen just as persons attracted or repelled me and thus i was considered to be indeed full of promise but at the same time was declared eccentric the coronation day dawned at last on the third of april seventeen sixty four the weather was favourable and everybody was in motion i with several of my relations and friends had been provided with a good place in one of the upper stories of the rumour itself where we might completely survey the whole we betook ourselves to the spot very early in the morning and from above as in a bird's-eye view contemplated the arrangements which we had inspected more closely the day before there was the newly erected fountain with two large tubs on the left and right into which the double eagle on the post was to pour from its two beaks white wine on this side and red wine on that there gathered into a heap lay the oats here stood the large wooden hut in which we had several days since seen the whole fat ox roasted and basted on a huge spit before a charcoal fire all the avenues leading out from the rumour and from other streets back to the rumour were secured on both sides by barriers and guards the great square was gradually filled and the waving and pressure grew every moment stronger and more in motion as the multitude always if possible endeavoured to reach the spot where some new scene arose and something particular was announced all this time there reigned a tolerable stillness and when the alarm bells were sounded all the people seemed struck with terror and amazement what first attracted the attention of all who could overlook the square from above was the train in which the lords of aix and nuremberg brought the crown jewels to the cathedral these as palladia had been assigned the first place in the carriage and the deputies sat before them on the back seat with becoming reverence now the three electors betake themselves to the cathedral after the presentation of the insignia to the elector of mentz the crown and sword are immediately carried to the imperial quarters 
the further arrangements and manifold ceremonies occupied in the interim the chief persons as well as the spectators in the church as we other well-informed persons could well imagine in the meantime the ambassadors drove before our eyes up to the rumour from which the canopy is carried by the under-officers into the imperial quarters the hereditary marshal count von pappenheim instantly mounts his horse he was a very handsome slender gentleman whom the spanish costume the rich doublet the gold mantle the high feathered hat and the loose flying hair became very well he puts himself in motion and amid the sound of all the bells the ambassadors follow him on horseback to the quarters of the emperor in still greater magnificence than on the day of election one would have liked to be there too as indeed on this day it would have been altogether desirable to multiply one's self however we told each other what was going on there now the emperor is putting on his domestic robes we said a new dress made after the old carolingian pattern the hereditary officers receive the insignia and with them get on horseback the emperor in his robes the roman king in the spanish habit immediately mount their steeds and while this is done the endless procession which precedes them has already announced them the eye was already wearied by the multitude of richly dressed attendants and magistrates and by the nobility who in stately fashion were moving along but when the electoral envoys the hereditary officers and at last under the richly embroidered canopy borne by twelve schiffen and senators the emperor in romantic costume and to the left a little behind him in the spanish dress his son slowly floated along on magnificently adorned horses the eye was no more sufficient for the sight one would have liked to fix the scene but for a moment by a magic charm but the glory passed on without stopping and the space that was scarcely quitted was immediately filled again by the crowd which poured in like billows End of section 17 recording by expatriate from bangor maine